Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome, welcome to it. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. I am Nikki Seberini with you for the next hour. So happy to be with you here on 101.9 High FM. I know you've heard it and I know you've heard it and I know that you've heard it. But this is the first time I have been on air since that glorious moment South Africa won the World Cup. Go Booker. I'm a proud South African. What can I say? Screaming, shouting, and then looking at the footage, um, the players arriving, and now they're in a bus and they're driving around Pretoria, making their way to Joburg. Isn't it great to be able to celebrate something? Isn't it absolutely wonderful? And that excitement that you're feeling right now and the cohesion that you're feeling right now, the positivity that you're feeling right now, you know, those feelings, just think about your life a week ago and think about your life now, like what's changed, just this external thing that's kind of shifted and made you a little bit happy. And is there a way of taking the internal and finding the happiness and the joy from within. So I'm not taking away from the absolute joy of the book and we all loving it, loving it, loving it. But is there a way of finding the joy and the happiness from the inside out? So we're not relying on the external to make us happy. So there is the question. I suppose therein lies the whole philosophy of life and how to find joy and peace. And it was Socrates who said the unexamined life is not worth living. And I'll tell you that one thing that I have seen um, presenting this show for, geez, three years now, um, is that so often when people are diagnosed with cancer, they go on a huge internal journey, an internal audit, and it's a recalibration that takes place and life shifts. And so often I've heard and time and time again how positive within this very, very trying experience, this, you know, life altering, this body changing, um, painful experience. There are so many positives that come, can come out of it. So my guest on the show today, really, that is what her um, breast cancer journey brought her. Such a journey within, with all the external happening, she went in and she started to build from the inside out. And she's going to be sharing how she did it. Also, she's written it in a wonderful, wonderful book, um, and I'm going to be talking to Lara Melech um, in a moment. Um, also um, joining us on today's show is Jenny Portius, uh, and I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly. <laughs> She'll tell me just now. She's a body talk and tray um, a practitioner and also a fascia release. So I don't know what that is, and I'm sure you're asking the same question, and Jenny will tell us about it. And then Anton Kramer um, is going to be talking about the Discovery 947 ride Joburg that's coming up very, very soon. And his entire family is taking part in the race. Isn't that absolutely wonderful? So very inspiring. So let's get going. We're going to start. We're going to just break for ads. Um, and after the break, I'm going to introduce you to our first guest, Laura. Stay with us. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.
Welcome back to the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Um, talking about going within. The journey within, the greatest, greatest journey is knowing thyself. Um, and sometimes we're so busy doing in life that we just don't know ourselves. We're just doing everything and sometimes when we have uh, a real challenging moment, sometimes when we have a very challenging diagnosis, we have to stop, pause, go within and who knows, maybe make some changes or just highlight certain areas, but it certainly is a, an interesting journey. And that's exactly what happened to our next guest, our uh, dear link uh, warrior, Laura Malich. Laura, welcome. Thank you. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, great to be here. And with the book, Losing My Hair. Yeah. So you've had an interesting journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to talk about the book yet. Let's just talk about you being diagnosed with breast cancer. Lead us up. Tell us what happened. So um, I, went, uh, I went to the gynae for a normal checkup. And he found a lump in my breast. I was 37 years old, so I wasn't going for mammograms or anything at the Mm. time. And it was a huge shock because there's no cancer in my family. Um, I always say my grandfather was a diabetic, so it was always test your sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, three small kids and had to deal with the diagnosis. And it was a stage two. It spread to my lymph node, so it's more complicated. So you had to have an operation? You had to have chemotherapy, and you had a double mastectomy. Yes. So you had the nodes removed. Yeah, I had the node removed to check if it had spread, because it was slight spread, mm-hmm. so it was hard to see. So they had to take the nodes. So it went to the sentinel lymph node, um, but the second one was clear. And then the chemotherapy, and then the double mastectomy. Yeah. So let's go back to that moment when you, everything was wonderful in your world, and you were then told that you had breast cancer. What so, went to your mind? Um, oh, I thought I was going to die. I thought. <laughs> was that the, that, that was the first reaction? Well, when I heard it had spread to my lymph node, I thought that was it. And I thought, oh my God, my husband is not going to cope with three kids. Um, I've got to be okay. I've got to be around. I've got to see my kids grow up. Mm. So that was, yeah, what was going through our heads. Mm. But he, but you worked very closely together. He was an incredible support the whole way through. Oh yeah. And yeah. together you decided we're gonna, we're gonna approach this the right way. Yeah. So we both decided that, um, it just can't affect our kids. I just, I was adamant, like life has to, life has to carry on as normal and we'll just add chemotherapy into our life. Mm. And it was the red devil. Yes. Mm. And that's hardcore, right? Yes. So the side effects are huge. You're not feeling yourself. What did you tell your kids? So I started off at a doctor who, before anything, wanted to see my kids. And she was like this angel that just was there to break the news to my kids. Mm. And she explained it to my kids as mommy has a germ in her boob. And I'll be fine, but uh, we just need treatment and whatever. And um, But I still knew that my kids had to hear from me that I had cancer. They couldn't hear from other people their mom had cancer. So there was still after that I had to tell them. Mm. And Laura, so in the book, so this is all part of, I'm saying you're talking about this whole healing process, and this was a huge part of the process. Um was writing the losing my hair and you say that it was a journey a physical emotional spiritual 
journey for you. Yes. At what point did you feel that you, you heard my introduction? Very often we have the challenges and we go within. At what point did you go from victim? Why me? Um, denial. I don't want it to happen. The worst case scenario. How did you then move to the next stage? So, you know, on a s- internal or subconscious level, we know what's going on in our life. And I, I knew my life was spiraling out of control before my diagnosis. But you just carry on and you carry on. What does on. that mean, spiraling out of control? Just running myself ragged, being the people pleaser, doing everything, just not doing anything for myself. I don't know, just like I knew, like th- things were not... It wasn't a sustainable way of living. I'm just saying it because I think there are many people listening who can relate to that. So I was just, yeah, pleasing the whole world around me, just, yeah, saying yes to everything. I don't know. It was just like I felt like Laura was on speed dial one. Mm -hmm. If anyone needed anything at any time, it was like, Laura will do it. Laura Mm -hmm. will help. Laura will be there. Just Mm -hmm. phone Laura. And Mm -hmm. Laura was cracking. Mm So, um, but if I go further back, I was always a spiritual person. I've always been a spiritual person. But being a mom and having kids, you lose yourself because life is busy. And, yeah, um, so I knew, like, I had to make changes. And when I was diagnosed, I did have my days of, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me and I've got to be okay. Um, but I thought, no, this is my second chance. If I'm going to make changes, it's got to be now. So what kind of changes, so what, what was the next step? It's all very well going, okay, I have to make changes. Um, now you're going for chemotherapy, you're tired, you feel nauseous, we'll go to the hair in a moment because that was huge. How do you, do you wake up one day and go, okay, now I'm ready to make the change? Is it, what, what's the first step? What so was like your I say, first step? Okay, so I was always very spiritual and I was looking for something, I was seeking something. Yeah. And I'd heard about uh, my spiritual healer, mm-hmm. Bev Kaplan, from several of my friends that had been. And I was saying, yeah, I must go, I must go, I must go, like we always do, put it off. And when I was diagnosed, everyone was, like, saying to me, oh, I must go see a psychologist. And I thought, like, no, nah, I don't want to sit and talk to a psychologist. I'll go to see Bev. So I was diagnosed, like, on the Tuesday. Bev fitted me in, like, that Saturday. And I saw Bev, and I decided this is my journey. This is how I'm going to do it. And we said, I'm going to see her once a week. She's got to guide me, tell me what to do. I was like, in her hands. Sure. Amazing. So that was the journey. What else changed? So that's the spiritual part of it. How did you deal with the physical part of it? How did you deal with the emotional part of it? So emotional, I cried if I had to cry Mm. a lot. (laughs) But I was adamant not to cry in front of my kids. I did sometimes because we're all human. Mm. But I tried not to. Um, so that was the emotional and I had a lot of support. Mm. Um, my sister, my mom, my husband, friends, everyone was amazing. Um, so that was the emotional. Physically, I didn't really think physically. Well, it was the hair. That was the biggest physical, like, I'm going to lose my hair. Mm. So let's talk about the hair. Um, because as you said, you've always had this long hair. And I, it was so, when I was reading the book, I was thinking, you know, the thoughts were going through my mind. What, what does hair mean to us? What, what is the attachment we put onto our hair? I mean, it was really a, a, a difficult time for you losing your hair. You spend a lot of time writing about it in the book. Mm. Um, you know, first of all, the wig, the option of cutting your hair and having a wig made, cutting it into a bob, then cutting it shorter moment by moment, losing your hair, then your husband saying, let's just shave it off. Yeah. And then he, in support of you, he and his friends shaving their, their yes. hair off. What was your hair 
What did it mean to you? So I've always been a different kind of person. I've always looked different. So my hair defined me. My hair made me who I was. I was the I wasn't Laura Malich or before Laura Resnick. I was the girl with the long red hair. The girl with the long strawberry blonde hair. That's how people knew me. So the thought of yeah, losing it all and I've had long hair. It was hair. your identity. Yeah. So it was like losing my identity. You. Yeah. It was losing you. And I've had long hair my whole life. I've never had short hair, so it was like my strength. You know, uh, what's that? Um, Samuel Sam- Langalana. Yeah, yeah, Samson. Yeah, mm. so it's kind of like if you lose your hair, you lose yourself. You lose your everything. Mm, very interesting. Let's take a break. We'll be back after the break and continue um, hearing Lara's story. Stay with us. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. If you've just tuned in, good afternoon. I'm Nikki Seberini, and you're listening to 101.9 High FM, the DL Link Show. And I have Laura Malich in the studio. She's talking about her book, Losing My Hair. She is a breast cancer warrior. Um, she has been on an extraordinary journey within finding herself, um, working out what's important and what's not, um, and coming out the other side rather victorious. Um, Laura, just before the break, we were talking about hair mm. and that your hair was your identity. And that the losing of your hair, you were losing who you were, or so you thought. Yes. Or so you thought. So when you look back at that, and you eventually shaved, your husband eventually shaved your hair, how did you feel? Was there a loss? Was there a mourning? And then a rebirth of a new Lara? Yes. Without hair identity. Strawberry blonde hair identity. So I think the worst part, so I thought, I'm different. I'm I'm not going to lose my hair. Anyway, I did. Mm. And the worst was when it was The universe out. had another or the chemo had another idea about what your lesson would be. Yeah, so it's so hard because you want the chemo to work. So the fact that you're losing your hair means that the chemo is working and doing its job. But to lose your hair and like, people downplay it and they're like, oh, well, it's hair. It will grow back. And you're like, oh, fine, you lose your hair and see how you feel. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? It's mm. like it's not anything to be downplayed. And, um, yeah, when it was falling out, it was heartbreaking. I mean, it was just... So I think by the time I got to the point where my husband shaved my head, it was more like a relief, actually. Mm. And I'd cried many tears over it. And I just thought, okay, this is it. And I saw myself as like, yeah, like a new birth, like a new life, a new chance. I just knew, like, start from, like, the beginning. Mm. So you, you've... When you were working with Bev and going there once a week, which is incredible that this is what woke up for you, that you thought you were going to work on certain areas, you you talk about eight areas that you worked on. So that is the people pleaser, empath versus narcissist, finding the balance and positive affirmations, forgiveness, internal versus external, trusting the process, ultimate gratitude, the nurturing factor. So were these things that you worked on every week? Did she identify them as those or would, would, did they just come up as you went there? No, they just came up. Mm. Things came up like week after week and eventually after a year. I don't know how the book actually came about. We, we had this thing of like, I've got to write a book. And I just, yeah, I learned so much over time. Things came up. Sometimes I went there for like a, like a, more like a Reiki kind of healing um, sometimes. So Bev was like my therapist, my friend. I'd phone her sometimes, drop the kids at school, phone her, hysterical, and she'd say, just come, let's get you. Mm. And we'd sit and chat. And, yeah, things just came up. Whatever needed to come up, 
came up. Mm. So you started off um, talking about this bad time that you were going through, having kids, losing yourself, being there for everyone, this being the people pleaser. And also in the book, you, you cover your, your upbringing a little bit and you say that, you know, as you say, you didn't really just fit in, but you were always very empathetic mm. and that you could always feel other people's pain and that you know, you became this people pleaser. Mm. So how do, how does one change that? Sure. So um, you just get tired of years and years and years of feeling like you're stuck because the words yes just fall out your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then the, um, uh, what's the word? You go through everything in your head like you sit and analyze and analyze and analyze. Oh, my God, I didn't say this. I didn't say that. Did I hurt their feelings? Oh, so upset with me. And it's just it's tiring. Mm. And eventually, it's just like, you just, I don't know, if, just say, like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. I've just mm. got to be me. And if people don't like it. Oh. So you spoke about the importance of boundaries. Yes. So a people pleaser doesn't have boundaries because you don't want anyone to be upset. Um, so it's all kind of linked, all those eight chapters, because, again, being the people pleaser, which brings in the nurturing factor. So then you over-nurture because you don't want to upset your kids. Um, so, yeah, but uh, just, I, I, like, like I said, I knew I had to work on things, and Bev just helped me to get to the Along point the way. of just saying enough is enough, mm, basically. Mm. So... Uh, I think the the one thing that we're always so cautious of when we're going on this journey within is that we don't disconnect from the outside world, um, those relationships that we're in, the people that we have, um, so husband, children, that you're shifting in a way that they're still comfortable mm. with that change, I suppose, with close friends as well. Other friends, I'm sure there were friends who came and went. After this, there were probably lots of friends that um, you decided those <laughs> friendships weren't that important I've anymore. lost friends yeah. along the way, mm. and you know what? Like, it's just not meant to be then because, mm. again, that's where the empath narcissist chapter comes in. And you realize, like, some people in your life are actually, like, more of a narcissist. And you think, like, you don't want to be surrounded by that. So mm. so how did your hubby uh, respond to this new Lara? Um, people please her darling. I mean, I'm sure you were doing all these marvelous things. Did that shift in your relationship at all? It did. It did. I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, we were skiing in January this year. Mm. And... The last day of skiing, you all do your ski lessons, and the last day is family day, so we'll all go skiing. And after, like, a morning of skiing, it was enough. For me, it was, like, I love it, but it's enough. My husband needs to ski until the last chairlift stops. Mm-hmm. So he said, oh, no, I said, we need to go back for lunch. The kids are hungry. He said, no, 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 carry on, carry on. Anyway, I was like, we're going back. I'm having lunch, and that's it. I'm done for the day. And he's like, how oh, can you do this? Shame the kids. We need to spend time together. I was like... I'm done. And that's where I say in my book, people will treat you the way you treat yourself. I said, I'm done. I'm done skiing. You can go with them, but I need time out. And then we're sitting having lunch, and he's like, are you okay? You're all right. Mm. Go lie down. <laughs> so, you know, it's no one else's fault, the fact that you're a people pleaser and all of that. But if you put it's the boundaries, if you have boundaries, people will realize, like, they can't... And there's nothing wrong. No. Because you are okay. And you're absolutely fine. You're just having enough. Yeah, self-preservation. Like, so before, I would have skied the afternoon, got back, started crying, being hysterical, being upset, being tired, and it would have been a nightmare. Mm. So now it was like, 
Yeah. So everything yeah. has shifted, but for the better. Yeah. So what would you say, Lara, um, you got out the most from this experience of, of the breast cancer? Um, what did I get? Oh, let me think. So much, but, um, just finding myself and just being happy with where I am and who I am and being happy with the wife I am, the mom I am, and we're all human mm. and we all make mistakes. So before, if something happened with my kids, I mean, I'd phone Bev up and say, oh, have I done damage? She's like, no, you haven't done damage, you know? Like, mm. it's just being calm and just being in the moment mm. and just thinking, it's what it is. We're all human. No one's perfect. And just, yeah, doing our best with what we have. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I just love the identity, identifying with the, the, the girl with the long red hair. And that girl doesn't exist anymore. It's a new Lara. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. She she had to shed in order for the rebirth of the new one. Yes. So, La, where can people get their hands on your book? So, they can go to my website, lauramalich.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can order off Amazon an ebook or a paperback. Or my phone number is there, social media. They can contact me via Facebook or message me and we can get a book to them. Fantastic. So, the deal link, they were a part of your process as well. Yes. Yeah. Who told them that you had the cancer? I think my sister phoned them or my mom. I can't actually remember. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to have anything to do with them. Like, because you don't know. Like, mm. you know, everyone's heard about the deal link. Not everyone, most people. And, you know, Gabby came to see me and he's just persistent um, Gabby. Persistent Who we Barry. love. Oh, yes. But he's like a breath of fresh air, so divine. And, um, you know, it's just nice to know, like, there is help yeah. out there and support. And if you need anyone to talk to and, you know, that drop off colors or um, bring arts and crafts for my kids or phone me and say, do you need anything? And, like, it does, it helps. To be held in that way. Yes. Mm, amazing. And mm. so part of the process was also body talk and tray, um, or TRE, which is trembling of some sort if I remember correctly so I'm going to bring in at, at this stage our next guest uh, Jenny Port- Portius um, who's a tray body talk and facial release practitioner um, and a wellness fac- facilitator. Jenny mm. welcome hello. And, Thank you so much. And thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me here Nikki So when did you meet Laura? Did she approach you while she so, was healing? No. So what happened was when I met Laura she had actually already healed from her breast cancer Yeah and she'd done a lot of work on herself, as she said, but yet she was still a people pleaser. She rocked up <laughs> at my front door, yeah. still pleasing people, still buying into the drama, still in an absolute state of anxiety because of being pulled into everybody's lives and trying to fix everybody, being the empath, helping them out. So that hadn't shifted in her life. And I think she was also looking for a physical release in her body. So I met her when she had already healed from the cancer, okay. but she felt as if she needed to move forward in another way. Okay. Yes. All right. So what is body talk? Okay. So body talk is, uh, it's actually a tapping method. It's not EFT. A lot of people have heard of EFT, which is tapping. But what it does is it awakens the body's natural way of healing. Mm. We are a self-healing organism. And we're meant to be healing ourselves, but because of stress, because of trauma, we're not, most people aren't functioning optimally. So what it does is we tap on the body in order to help the stuff shift and remind the body of how to function optimally, how it should be healthy. And it does go back to a state of health, well-being and calm on every level and brings balance back into your life. Mm -hmm. And that's basically how it works. So, so... 
the body is you talk to the body or the body is talking to you? The body as, is talking to me. The as person, the practitioner. As the practitioner. The person's body is telling me. This is what's wrong with the person. They have this certain ailment, anxiety, depression, physical symptoms, diseases, pain in the body. Mm -hmm. And um, I pick it up from their body and help to shift out what isn't working and help the the new inf information to be stored in the body so it doesn't go back to the old, same old, same old. Okay. So it helps you break the patterns and and release the stuff on every level, physical, emotional Mental on every level. So, so you are listening to the body. The body is talking to you. How, how do you, how do you pick up those? I mean, I've been for a few body talk sessions okay. and I, I find it so fascinating. That we can pick up yeah, what's so happening exactly. like when you're three years old. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. How, how, do, how do you do it? How do you feel it in the body? By muscle testing on the arm. Right. So we ask the body questions. Is, um, is this pain stemming from when you were a kid? When, you, and the body, by muscle reflex tells you yes or no. Okay, so you're and asking the body questions, the body's yes. answering, yes. and then you're tapping to re in kind of re download the latest software package. It's almost like <laughs> to defrag, exactly, yeah. defrag what isn't working, uh -huh. and then upload the new software. Right. That's exactly okay. it. Or reminding it on on how it's it's meant to function optimally. Okay. We all meant to be healing naturally. Mm -hmm. But as I said, because of all the stress we experience, especially in this day and age, um, we, our bodies don't function optimally anymore. So it's just to remind it, reawaken that natural process. Wonderful. Yes. So I know that if I, if I've got a headache, I take yes. a pill. Yes. The headache goes away. Yes. With this kind of thing, with body talk, it's a lot more subtle, isn't it? So I'm going to ask you, Laura, mm -hmm. for you, how did you feel this body talk work on you? Did you feel it? Was it a was it a subtle thing? Was did it have an over period of time? Did it? How how, how did it work for you? Sure. So um, yeah, it was quite hectic. Um, so I went for two body talk sessions. After my first body talk, I could feel physically in my body that I was just releasing so much like old stuff. Really. Hmm. And then after my second body talk session, I decided let's try the TRE. Let's just do it. Um, so yeah, like where, when you are in a situation where you just want to heal, like my thing was like I'll do anything, like whatever it takes. So I didn't really know. I knew about body talk, but I was happy to try. TRE, I knew nothing about, but I was happy to try. And you, so you're saying with the body talk, you could feel it in your body. Jenny, what is TRE? So TRE stands and so for... And it obviously works with body talk, okay. It's a, so you know what? They are completely separate entities. Yeah. But they work beautifully hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So TRE stands for trauma release exercises. And what it does is stimulate the body's natural release mechanism. We all have it in us. It's an ancient mechanism, but we are stopped from doing it. We are stopped from tremoring and shaking. And I'll give you an example of this. The way that it releases naturally is if somebody has an accident they shake afterwards. It's mm. the body's natural way of releasing. Mm. What do the medics do? Put on a blanket, give you sugar water, stop you from shaking. The shaking is releasing the trauma. So what happens when we don't release trauma? And society does that too. Keep yourself together. Hold yourself together. Mm. Don't fall Keep apart. It Keep yeah. it in. Yeah. Look like you, the part. So what happens is we actually, in the TRE, I help to induce that tremor because it's a natural way of releasing. And you can release all your trauma, all your stress that is built up and built up over the years from the second that you were conceived, let alone born. Um, 
Is it like touching a button? Is it one little like pressure point and then you release it? No, no, not at all. So what it is, is a set of six exercises okay. that I walk you through mm-hmm. and then you lie down on the floor and you tremor, you shake and your body just releases naturally. Okay. And the beauty of this is you don't have to do anything about this with your process. Like Laura was talking about the people pleaser thing. She was a still a people pleaser when I met her. Still didn't have boundaries in place. Although she was aware of it, she didn't know how to shift and change this. Mm-hmm. After a couple of sessions, I promise you, it happens so instantly. The shift and the change is so instant. It's phenomenal. Um, she started to put in healthy boundaries with people, with her kids. Her relationship with the kids changed because she wasn't running herself ragged anymore. She was implementing things in her life to help her and putting in boundaries with her kids. And it just unfolded naturally. She didn't have to sit there going, okay, now I need to put in boundaries. I have to work on this. It just unfolded naturally. And that's the beauty of the TRE process. Mm. You do your exercises. You lie down on the floor and tremor. The natural way of releasing. And things just start to shift in your life like I cannot explain. It's phenomenal. So you can learn to do it yourself. This is something you can do. So again, it's a part of looking after yourself, maintaining. I love this holistic approach, Laura. I love because like we were talking about the mind, the body, the soul, the emotion, all of that. So when you went to Bev, you were looking at the emotion. And as I said, the bit of the spiritual. You were going for the chemotherapy. You were doing everything you had to do. This here, it's, it's, it's all connected. Mm. But but I love that you went then energetically and looking physically and spiritually, but the, but really looking at unblocking the energies. Yeah. So the first time you experienced that trembling, what was that like for you? So I remember. So so I just want to add. So when, when I say my body needed a physical release, like I really did release physically mm-hmm. from everything, which then again went back to emotionally and all that. Um, I remember lying, did the exercises and lay down and I started crying and I thought like, I can't believe I've had chemo. Like this is just, I mean, who has chemo? Like it's, mm. anyway, I think we got over that. Because <laughs> that is traumatic. It's absolutely traumatic. So for what the body. happens is the trauma is still sitting. So even though you've worked on it and you've shifted things on an emotional level and stuff, every single memory you've ever experienced and all the trauma is still sitting in your body is still sitting in the fascia. In your muscle, and this is what TRE helps to release. So the memory of the chemo coming up for her was literally physically coming up from a fascia, which is a netting around your muscle. The memory is still sitting in there of the trauma. Mm -hmm. It came up. She had a cognitive release, which means that she got the memory coming up, and that could clear. Mm -hmm. And she could really reach a stage of full recovery, and that's what TRE does. On every level, it's physical, so it helps with physical pain in the body. It helps with emotional pain. Anxiety, depression, it helps you to focus, it helps, it helps with relationships, it hugely shifts relationships because how we relate to other people is with our nervous system and TRE calms the nervous system and it honestly helps you to cope with life. The, the unconscious things, the things that we're just not really aware of right so what it does is it gets into your autonomic nervous system mm. and that, that's the unconscious aspect yeah. is the autonomic nervous system mm. it calms it down and just naturally as your blood flows around your body your body is now calm and naturally you just deal with things completely differently hmm. yeah and and so you so you went for two body talk sessions you, and then you started the the trembling yeah and then you were able to do it 
yourself. So you've got to do uh, six sessions with Jenny. So each exercise, as you said, there were six exercises. So Over six weeks. Okay, right. Six weeks. Yeah. One, one a week for six weeks. Uh-huh. How long? An hour? About an hour. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then you've got, what I liked about it is that you've then got a tool for life. You can tremor when you need to tremor. Like, so you do the six with Jenny and then you can do it whenever. So basically also like my healing, it was like, I can't lose myself again. So whatever I do, I've got to do. It's like getting up in the morning and brushing your teeth and showering. It's like I've got to build it into my life on a day-to-day basis. So the fact that TRE could be something that I could do any time was a big draw card for me. Mm, fantastic. Let's take a break. We'll come back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome, welcome. This is the DL Link Show. I'm Nikki Severini. This is the show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination here on 101.9 High FM. Um, we're really having um, a, such an interesting discussion. Lara Melich, our breast cancer warrior, who's the author of her brand new book, her debut novel, uh, Losing My Hair, her memoir, actually, for the, during the process of being diagnosed with breast cancer, overcoming um, all the challenges that come with it. But very very importantly, sharing her journey, the internal journey um, that she embarked on. And so we're very happy to also have uh, Jenny Porteous in the studio, who is uh, a body talk um, and tray and facial release practitioner and a wellness facilitator who worked with Laura. Um, and Laura, you were saying, just had the most incredible um, results uh, uh, based on, on their treatment. So, so Jenny, what, what you mentioned the fascia. Yes. So go into that a little bit more. So then the fascia. Fascia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So fascia, I do fascia release as a separate entity as well, but I do incorporate it into my body talk and TRE practice. TRE also helps to release fascia on a deep level. So fascia is a netting around your muscle and all your organs. And as I said, it stores loads of memory. It stores pain on a physical level, so physical pain in the body, but also on an emotional level, all our emotion sits in our fascia. So when I help to release the fascia, either with an, with emmet fascia release, which is the type of fascia release that I practice, or with TRE, it helps not only to release physical pain and trauma, but also emotional pain from the body and just leads, again, to another state of wellness and calm in our fascia literally keeps us together it suspends our organs where they are connects all our muscles together it protects everything in the body and it's very interesting it was an interesting discovery because in the old days doctors used to do operations cut you open find this netting and go hmm, what's this stuff and just throw it aside it's such an integral part of us not just in a physical way and keeps us together, but in an emotional way too. So it's an actual netting. It's, it's a, a netting. netting. It looks like a really? spider web. It's wow, clear. Yes. And it looks like a spider web. And it's such an, a huge part of us. So, so with the body talk, you use the tapping. Yes. With the tray, you use the shaking. Yes. What do you use with the fascia? Okay, so the fascia is fascia. light. Yeah, okay. oh, sure. Fascia. Fascia. That's all good, girl. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard of it before. A lot of people haven't heard of it before. Uh-huh. Um, so with the fascia, it's actually a neuromuscular release, and we just touch light points on the body, which sends an electromagnetic charge message to the brain to say, this is what needs to be released. The brain then sends a message back, and it releases the pain, it releases the emotional trauma, and it's, it's just amazing. Mm. And it's, it's very light touch, it's not invasive, and works beautifully. And the three modalities that I practice work 
beautifully hand in hand with each other. So how do you know when someone comes to you? How yes. do you know what to use? I go into my intuition. Mm. <laughs> I really do. Sometimes if their nervous system is extremely heightened and they're very traumatized, I'll do a bit of body talk in the beginning just to discharge the nervous system a little bit before we go into the TRE. Because the releases with the TRE can be quite overwhelming. And we want them to be a bit calm first. But mm. everybody has a different experience. And people are also looking for different things. So some people, the body talk also incorporates a bit of the spiritual side of things. The balancing of chakras, the meridians, which are energy flows around our body. So some people are more drawn to that because they want a more spiritual experience. Although it does work on the body too, body talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but it depends. I go into my church and feel what the person would benefit from most. And a lot of people in my practice do all three. Hmm. They love all three. Mm. Yes. So it just sounds like this kind of practice would go so well with, let's say, if you were going to a therapist, if you were going to a coach, if you were go whoever it is, and Definitely. you're working on all those issues in your life, yes. that to have this, to support this, to actually release the energies that you're not conscious of, Absolutely. would work so well together. Definitely. I would call it a complementary therapy as oh. opposed to alternative. Don't do this. Don't take your medication. Rather do this. It's like a complementary, complementary therapies that I do. Mm-hmm. But also what TRE particularly works on is brain stem. And that's where our trauma is sitting. When you sit with therapy, therapy is amazing. Um, and they can give you tools to work with. We can help with frontal cortex and working on tools to help you come right and to change your thinking and all that kind of thing. Your trauma is actually sitting in your brain stem. And that's where we need to get to. And therapy is not going to get to that part of your brain. Okay. So to complement that and get into the brainstem is materia. It goes straight into that brainstem and releases the trauma. Hmm. So absolutely Amazing. hand in hand. Thanks, Jen. Thanks yes. for explaining it so clearly. Great. Really, really appreciate Thank that. You. And Thank I love you. that you do all three of the modalities and that you decide there and then. That's that's fantastic. People want to get hold of you. Okay. So you can I've, – I've got a website. You can go to my website. It's www.jennyporteus.co.za. And I don't know if you want me to spell Porteus because it really is interesting. It's P-O-R-T-E-O-U-S. Okay. Yeah. So jennyporteous.co.za basically. Amazing. And they can contact me through my website. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Thank Thanks you so Nikki. much for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. So, um, wow, a journey that you've been on. You've written a book. Um, you know, I often tell people to sit with a journal, write your feelings down. And that's really what you did in this book. Mm. I mean, you, I, I could just, reading this book, I could sense your processing. Yes. Um, was that what it was like, really? Like your final journaling of, of this experience and your life? Yeah, so it was basically, I, like I said, I learned so much and I just had to, you know, when they say vomit out the information and I just had to get it all out and sit with my journals and just, yeah, then go back and look and change things. And uh, writing the book was the cherry on top of my healing process. Writing mm. the book was my healing. Mm. And I did think, like, if one person buys my book and it helps one person, then that's great. Mm. But um, it's, yeah, so far there's been great feedback. And it does make people think mm. about where they're at with certain things in their life. Absolutely. And, 
absolutely. Yeah, so whatever can help. As we say, you know, why is it that these challenges, these traumas, these hectic things in life, sometimes they are so debilitating, but other times we rise and we learn so much from it. That's what it was for you, clearly. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks for sharing your story. It's been Pleasure. great having you on the show. Thanks Thank for you. Laura Melich here on 101.9 Chai FM. Her book, Losing My Hair. Wonderful, wonderful read. And she explains so clearly in the eight chapters, um, the people pleaser, the empath versus the narcissist. So see if you can get your hands on it. Wonderful stuff. Okay, we're talking about the 947 Discovery Joburg ride. A whole family is going to be riding. I think they're incredible. They're going to be sharing why they are doing such a Meshuggah thing. Um, that's coming after the break. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. So coming up soon, the roads of Joburg are going to be filled with people cycling, cycling um, as a team, cycling as an individual, cycling for a greater cause. Yep, on the 17th of November is the Discovery 947 Ride Joburg. We have been talking about Team DL Link, putting a team together, riding um, with a warrior's name on your back, um, and just what a wonderful, wonderful experience that could be. So I'm rather delighted to uh, introduce Anton Kramer. He has actually um, ridden the, the 947 race before. How many times before? Ha- and hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. And nice to have you here. So how many times have, have you ridden the race? It's actually my third. Your third. And with Link? Uh, first time was with Hatola. Yeah. Uh, second two with DLink. With DLink. Yeah. And are you an avid cyclist or is this just something you do mm. once a year? Pretty much once a year. I enjoy getting out. It's really nice once you're on your training schedule and building up to it. I'd like to maybe do the Argus as a bucket list one oh, day. Really? Wow. But, uh, avid cyclist, not, not really. Like, do you, like on the weekend or really not, just when you're training for a race? Yeah, just building up towards the race. Wow. I'd get out on the road and. Let the wind go through your hair. Through you, nothing like the wind um, going through your hair. So when did you start training for, for this, this race? For this round, uh, a few months ago, probably not early enough, hey. Yeah. You know. Difficult to get out of bed. You shouldn't be saying that. I it's know. really round the corner. Indeed. I mean, I mean, what is it? It's it's 10 days yeah, away. Yeah, this Sunday a week, yeah. Oh, 10 mm. days away. Mm. So I started off, I said, why is the family doing this Meshuggah thing? How do you put a, how did you do it? How did you talk your entire family into taking part in this race? Just the opposite. They asked me to do they it. They asked That's you. That's my family. I love That's it. That's a proud So let, let's bring the family in. We've got Nehemia. Welcome. Well, well there we go. There you are. Of course, you told me before. Zechariah. Hi. Hello. Welcome, welcome. So you have watched your dad ride before, and you decided, I would like to ride as well. Tell yeah. us, tell us a little bit about that, Nehemiah. Yeah, well, the first, the first time he did it, he did it with my older brother, actually. And like, it was like really cool, like family time and just on the road. So I was like, I need to do this next year, but I couldn't do it next year. So I did the next year. And that was last year, actually. And it was like, it's really fun. Like, fun. It is fun. And Look, you're, you're 15. I'm 15. So how old yes. were you at the time? At the last year I did it, was for, I was 14. You were 14? Yeah. When you took part in that race? Yeah. And it was fun. That is amazing. Yeah. Was it Thanks. not exhausting? Was it, I mean, how was this, this whole experience for you? So the uphills? The training is sometimes really like, 
like hard and you're like, I'm never doing this again, you know, like you're exhausted and stuff and stuff like that. But then on the actual race, it's like awesome fun. There's all vibe of the race and like everyone's cheering you on. Although last race, I did have a little bit of a problem. My bike broke. Oh, no. But I still finished. What do you mean your bike broke? What happened? So I was I was coming into the highway, which is like halfway through the race. I was riding and I did a pedal. And the next thing, my the back... The, Back of the back, the thing that changes the gears, I yes. think it's called the derailleur, uh-huh. it popped off. Oh no. So I was really lucky because I was like right by our water station. So I like, I like rolled down to the water station and they were like, I'm really sorry, I don't think we can fix this and your, your race is over. And like I was heartbroken because like Aww. all the training was over yeah. and like everything. And I was heartbroken and everything. I was like, is there no way I can possibly ride? They're like, you can try, like, fix it. So I like walked, I walked down a little bit in the water station. They said there's like a, fixing station there and they looked at it they didn't have any sp- a, a spare derailleur thing that was completely like shattered so what they did is they took that off and they put the chain on just one gear <gasps> thing one gear but that wasn't the problem the problem was that i think they made it too tight so it was like as if the brakes were like on on the back tire like pushing the whole time sure but they weren't obviously and i had to ride it was, you like, had to, in the, it was so hard it was really with all like, that resistance yeah. you had to ride how much further did you have to ride it was about 40 Three kilometers. No, I'm sorry. I'm a proud dad for that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he could have quit. He could have called it quits and got off there. But you know what? He decided I'm going to carry on and I'm going to cross that finish, and he did. And for that, hey, my boy. I mean, that is brilliant. Thanks. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And it was for the DR Link. Yeah. And who, who's, who was on your back? Which warrior? Who were you riding for? I was riding for Marion. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure that helped you along the way. It did, because mm. I was like, I have to. Like, you have I to. I couldn't finish. I no. couldn't quit. Like, I think you're amazing. I, yeah, Really, thank you. 40 k's to go, and you've got a broken bike, and you're riding with all this resistance. You are amazing. Thank you. Zachariah, you are 12. Yeah. You are 12, and you're taking part in this race. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel quite good. Um, I am the youngest member of our family to ever do uh, something like this. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's good I'm, to be the first. Yeah. Hey? Like, you, you're the youngest, you know, yeah. and so you're the first-ish. That's amazing. Have you been practicing very hard? Yes. How hard? Tell us. Uh, as hard as I can. Yeah? And are you are you going to be riding the full race? No, I'm only doing 40 kilometers. Okay, well, only is... I couldn't do 40 kilometers, so I wouldn't say only. That is absolutely amazing. Wow, wow, wow. And Anton, your wife is also. She's not riding. She's no. not riding. No, she's going to support us on the sideline. I'll ask for a nice big poster. And I don't know if she'll quite do the pom-poms, but... We well, you never know. You, yeah, never, you never know. know. You never know. And we don't know what the weather's going to be like. I do True. think that it's crazy that they have this race at the hottest time of the year. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Do you start drinking hectically yeah. the Last night year it was particularly hot. It was. I and you make sure that you keep hydrated. You stop at those stations. You have your drinks. There's guys along, along the side of the road that uh, spray you with uh, spray. And you, you, you accept that with a full heart. And you just keep going at it and Love make sure it. you've got your fuel. Love it, love it. And why the deal link? No, look, what an organization, hey. I mean, the work that they do, the support and the, the moral uh, background that they bring, you know, it's an honor to ride and raise money for an organization that just steps into where they're so needed. Mm. Have, have you been given your warriors yet? Yes, I'm riding for Eva Cranus. 
Okay, so, Rabbi Craner. Right, so we know him personally as well, which obviously is a nice touch um, when I've written with other charity groups or I believe, you know, other people don't necessarily personalize it to this degree. And that's also a nice aspect of writing with the dear link, that yeah. it's really a personal They put a lot thing. of thought into right. who they team you up with. Right, right. Yeah. You're actually writing for a warrior who's battling yeah. with their own thing and you're battling up a hill and together you can appreciate the uphills in life. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Zechariah, who are you writing for? Uh, I'm running for two people actually. One named Mary, Mary Lazarus and Sylvia Zalman. Wow. Two people. Amazing. And they must be so excited that you're riding for them. And, and uh, Nehemia, who are you riding for? I'm riding for my aunt, Auntie Tony. So okay. yeah, that's going to be. It's another awesome. personal connection. Yeah. Well, I've got to tell you, Karma family, I think that you're awesome. I think that you're amazing. And I think you're inspirational. Thanks. And I wish you the very best ride. And I look forward to hearing stories on your return. Well, you know why my bike doesn't stand up? No, why? It's too tired. It's too tired. <laughs> Oh. Oh, okay. It was a good way to end the show I think that's when we end it Guys, lovely having you on the show And thank you for tuning in I hope you've enjoyed the show For me, Nikki Seberini Until next week, do take care Goodbye